around throwing that dirt all on my name Cause you knew that I knew that I knew that I'd call you up You've been going around, going around, going around every party in LA Cause you knew that I knew that I knew that I'd be at one oh. I know that dress is karma, perfume regret You got me thinking about Everybody, this is the first uh, official live piece of content on Free Flow Radio. This is the show Father Like Son. My name is uh, Trevor Barnes, and uh, we got our trusty, hopefully trusty co-host that I'm really hoping hears me right now and is about to talk and say his intro. Hello, everybody. This is the uh, trusty father of this show. Um, yes, actually, you're the father uh, of the show. Father of the actually, show. Actually, I'm pretty sure I'm the father of the show. Well, I'm the father of this show. No, I think I'm the father of the show. So I created the show. It was my idea. Uh, well, yes, it was. I know you wanted to do a show. It was my idea for the show, though. So I'm the father of the show. You're the father of me. That's that's. As, okay, as long as I don't become a grandfather, I'm good. Okay. Well, I can't. Well, <laughs> at least not now. At least not. Okay, <laughs> I can say not now. I'm not giving that guarantee forever. Um, okay. <laughs> welcome to Father Like Son, everybody. Uh, hopefully everything's working. Hopefully you hear us clearly. I am. This is the most duct tape put together show at the last minute that ever could be, even though this was not put together at the last minute at all. So everything seems to be working right now. So that's a huge thing right for us right now. Yes. But, well, it's wonderful windows and updates and all the unexpected stuff that uh, we all hate. Yeah, well, essentially, I had this already. I looked last night. I was like, oh, everything's working. Perfect. And then I saw that, like, three out of the four computers that make this show work all did an update last night and restarted Ugh. themselves and caused a bunch but of just problems. for the record, father, me, my equipment, no issue. Well, you don't do anything, though. Well, true. I mean, well, I talk. <laughs> you talk. But, yeah, I mean, you have, but your, your side's pretty basic compared to mine. Well, true. I mean, I got a, a mixer console and a microphone and three monitors and a uh, partially handmade computer. I'm pretty proud of that. Okay, well. For me. Yeah, for you. <laughs> uh, but anyway, guys, welcome to Father Like Son. Uh, the premise of the show kind of goes as follows. Um, uh, it's me and my father, and we're talking about whatever, you know, and it's, it's I mean, I don't know. There, there is no great description for this show. But I think it'll be fun. I think there's going to be a fun comparison to new to old, old to new. Uh, obviously, he's the old and I'm the new. Old's better. Well, that that will be debated probably on this show <laughs> at some point. Old old, old lasts longer. I, well, I have to give you that for the most part. Older things do seem to have a longer long, uh, longevity than newer like things. Again, like easy for you to technology. say. <laughs> well, I mean, I have a 21-year-old car that's still actually running. Yeah, that's true. Though, mm-hmm. uh, though, granted, I have a, a you know a five-year-old car that's still running. So, I mean, I we don't really know yet. <laughs> In all fairness, like new cars, like you, you just got a new Jeep a little you know a little while ago, a couple months ago. Right. You have no yeah, clue if that's going to be around in twenty-one years. I doubt it. I doubt only because you're going to put too many miles on it, though. Not necessarily because it wouldn't last that long. 
Well, this is true. I mean, I, I bought the vehicle. Uh, for those who are listening, we, we are actually on separate sides of the country. That is true. I'm on the East Coast, and Trevor's virtually on the West Coast. And it's it's kind of funny because, like, his dog, for example, has never seen grass. That's which true. Which completely blows my mind. Never seen grass. So you get a dog from the West Coast and you bring it to the East Coast, unless you're living in New York City, that dog will be so confused when it's time to go to the bathroom. Anyway, so I bought this Jeep and uh, it was right before this horrific blizzard that all the weather media people and weather stations and Oh, so it's going to be the, the storm of the century. Those on the East Coast, you might remember this. Those on the West Coast, don't give a shit. Anyway, uh, so I had this Chrysler 200 with a, what was that, a six-cylinder, right, Trev? Yeah. 3.7 liter, I believe. I believe so. And from the day I drove the car off the lot, I swear to God, I thought I was going to die. It had so much torque steer because it had such a powerful engine under the hood that if you didn't hang on to the steering wheel when you floored it, it literally would make a right-hand turn into a pole. You can attest to that because you... It's, uh, let me put it this way. I thought he was over-exaggerating because he does that <laughs> a lot. But oh. that car was... And look, it, it, it sounds cool. Like, oh, you have a fast car, big engine. No, it was not fun. It really wasn't. It was really <laughs> dangerous. I, I mean... Okay, so for a good comparison, before you continue your story, I sure. had, um, at the same time you had that car for a period of time, I had my 2012 Hyundai Azera. Right. Which was a much heavier car than yours, a uh, bigger car than yours, because, you know, right. yours was still under that compact sedan. Mine was nowhere compact. I had like three feet of legroom in the back seat. But, um, but it was a sedan. But it was a sedan. Uh, and that had a 3.4 or 5 liter. It was a little bit smaller of an engine than yours. But it produced more horsepower and more torque. How they did that, I don't don't know. Mm-hmm. But that car was faster than yours off the line, but had no torque steer at all and didn't have any of the dangers that your car had. So right. it was specific. I think it's just because it was an American-made Chrysler car. I'm sorry to say, but they're not necessary. And I'm sorry to say also because they, they, they still make your Jeep. But I don't think they're known for the all the, the highest technology when it comes to that stuff. Because I saw in my Hyundai, they had a special system with the electronic steering that it just would not... It would not. It would just not do it. It would compensate for itself if there was torque going towards one way or the other. But your, your car did not have that. It was really mm. dangerous. You you stepped on the gas yes. and wanted to go into a tree, it, literally, or a pole, or or anything that was like to its right. And, it's and like if there was snow or sl- anything uh, slippery on the road. I remember the one time he took my car, which was an all-wheel drive vehicle. He was my BMW at the time. And he was just like, "Yeah, you can go to school and take my car, even though there's like a foot <laughs> of snow on the ground." I'm like, "Okay, great. Make me die." On, on these <laughs> on these hilly roads near our house, it took me like an hour to go fifteen minutes because I had yeah. to get this one little hill that the car did not want to go up, even with brand new tires on it. Yeah, I, I mean, this is why when you know the, the panic, the snowstorm, the you know the storm of the century, had the car a little over four years, and I'm like, I am not driving to, well, Bayonne for those who would know this area, uh, which is what uh like 40 miles from here um and a car that's just not safe even when it's like the sun is out and the roads are dry so i head over to uh this was like on a no saturday and the storm was like uh late sunday early monday if i remember correctly so i head over to the jeep dealership and it's actually where i bought the chrysler 200 
And I walk in there and I say, I mean, there's a bunch of people there. I say, can somebody help me? And this young girl comes out of nowhere and says, what can I do for you? And I'm like, you can get me out of the Chrysler 200, the death trap that it is, and I need to be in an all-wheel or four-wheel drive vehicle so I can make it to work on Monday. She goes, oh, I get the perfect car. I'm like, car? She goes, hold on. I, I got this. I'm like, okay. So she puts her coat on. She walks out into the parking lot, and then I don't see her. because It's actually snowing now, a little bit of snow coming out of the sky. Next thing I know, she pulls up in this black 2017 Jeep Patriot that's got like every bell and whistle except for GPS, believe it or not. Heated seats, sunroof, um, leather, um, and all the amenities that you can probably, you know, get into a Jeep Patriot except for the GPS. And I figured, well, you know what? I use Waze for um, my um, GPS, for, you know, when I travel and stuff. So that's fine. Got a really good price, and uh, I left the dealership very, very happy. So my boss, who at that time I was only employed maybe a couple of weeks, I'm waiting well, for hold a phone on. call. Just clarify. Don't say you were employed only for a couple. It was a new. <laughs> that makes it sound like you haven't been yeah. employed before. I, no, no. I was employed by this employer yeah, for a couple of weeks. Yeah, there you go. However, it, it was four years in the making to get this job, but I, it I had been on this four years in a making job for literally two weeks or whatever it was. And um, so, like, it's a small company. They don't have, like, the big company policies, like, when it comes to, like, time off. I said, well, okay, what's your what's your time off uh, policy? Oh, we don't have one. Uh, just don't abuse it. I'm like, uh, uh, okay, so I can take any days off I want as long as it's within reason? And they're like, sure. I'm like, wow, I kind of like this. So uh, needless to say, it's now been, well, that was February like 21st, and now we're July 12th. I have not missed a day of work. But anyway, I uh, was waiting for a text or an email or a phone call that we were going to be closed. Um, our wonderful governor, Governor Christie, which I'm sure everybody's heard of because of all the stupid shit he's done, um, didn't even call a state of emergency. Meanwhile, you couldn't travel because there was literally a foot of snow outside. But guess what? That 2017 Jeep Patriot got in it, started it up, put in four-wheel drive, and I drove it all the way to Bayonne. And I was the only one there. And what's funny is that two of the employees that work in the company live in the same town, and they couldn't make it in. So when I called my boss and said, hey, I'm here, he goes, uh, what are you doing there? I'm like, uh, you never called off work. He goes, oh, oh, well, I did, but I forgot to include you on the text. I'm like, great. He goes, go home. I'm like, but I just drove 40 miles in a freaking blizzard to get here. And then you want me to just leave? No, I'll find something to do. So even that day, which we all got paid anyway, I was still at work because of that Jeep. Best investment I ever made. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. So I have <laughs> I have things to say at this point. First of all, you have a very juicy mouth. You need to work on that because all I hear is you sounds like you're chewing on gum or something over there. So I'd work on that. But that's that's my that's the first criticism I have towards you. Now, besides wow. that, though, I like your I do like your Jeep. I've never actually seen it in person yet. Hopefully, I'll see it in a like, you know a couple of weeks or month or whatever I decide to take a trip to Jersey. 
okay. uh, to visit you. But um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, I do I do like your Jeep. I technically own a Jeep too. It's one of you know. It's I own a 1991 uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee that I got to say it's very nice and I I like and uh, it still runs and that's 21. Yeah, it's over 20. How? Yeah, it's over 21 years old. So what year is it? 96. 91. Oh, 91. Okay. All right. So and that thing still runs and is okay. It just has a lot of issues. Sort of like its owner. Anyway, um, and. I heard you were trying to sell that said Oh, Jeep. I want to get rid of this thing so badly. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I'm just like $10, $15. Everyone, you know, everyone like hasn't even, there's been a couple people that looked at it. They seemed interested. Then they found another vehicle or something. There's been so many people have messaged me like, oh, I want to see it. They just never come and actually look at it. You know, it's so many people have bailed on me. Ooh. Um, so it's just, it's terrible. We, we just had a technical issue. Our first technical issue. No, no we didn't. We didn't. Um... <laughs> Why? Why? Are you, what are you saying? Hmm. Well, because what I heard was you're. Yeah, don't worry in about what you heard. Your, don't your, wor- don't worry about what you heard. You heard nothing. Okay, it's okay. Just just let, let it go. You, I, well, that's right. I heard nothing, and that's what kind of concerned me. Yeah, just ignore that. That's fine. Um. <laughs> All right. Um. Uh, and I have. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. Oh, I don't even know what I was saying. I just want to get rid of the Jeep. It's it's one of the. Uh, I still have another okay, truck. Yeah, I, I have to get rid I of would. too. And then I have my 2011, yeah, 2011 uh, Honda Accord Coupe, which I would love to get rid of that too, to be honest, but I can't, that I'm stuck with. Uh, so you could actually f- start a junkyard. I could. I, I check, do technically you, own you, three vehicles. I had four and got rid of the other one, but um, yeah, I still got to get rid of the Jeep. I got over here this Ford Ranger that's just dead. That's taking up a parking spot. And, uh, and then I have to, well, actually, I think I know what I'm going to do. At some point, well, I don't know. I know we are going to talk about maybe the RV idea that I have, which is buying an RV and like living in it kind of mm-hmm. and we're going throughout the country and traveling for a little while. I don't know if I want to do that because it's either that or I'm either going to save up money, cash, to buy an RV or I'm going to save up cash to buy a Mini Cooper. I just don't know what I want, but they're dramatically different things. Uh, yeah. And, and, and I mean, I might even be able to do both, but I can't do both because then I have three vehicles. I have my Honda, which I'm stuck with. I have a Mini Cooper and I have an RV and I could tow a vehicle with the RV, but I can't tow two vehicles with the RV. And yeah, I'm not going to pay a monthly and I'm not going to pay a monthly payment for my Honda and afford to sit. But I do really want a Mini Cooper. And five, six grand, I can go cash buy myself an older Mini Cooper with a supercharger on it. Um, as fast as like a most hundred thousand dollar sports cars. Okay, um, and are you gonna race said uh, vehicle? Yeah, probably. Is there like a, is there like race tracks by you that we you have can a drag? We have drag strips, though. I'm not gonna win in a Mini Cooper on any drag strip. I can have fun with it, but there's a guy that brings a Tesla to the dra- the local drag strip, and he you wouldn't believe how many cars he actually beats because of the awful line oh, yeah, performance of those torque. Teslas. Yeah. Um, but I'm not gonna really beat much with it. it, it I mean, a Mini Cooper is really known for its handling. So I, I mean. Uh, there may be some illegal stuff done in the car. Let's just say that. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say otherwise. And But, you know, I've, I've had a fully clean record, never had a speeding ticket, though I've deserved several of them, and I've gotten pulled over, or over several times, but I see, keep talking my way out of it. Should have got a ticket the other day. It was a couple weeks ago. I told you I got pulled over. Cop gave me a warning. And I didn't even have my registration on me. I didn't have my registration. I don't registration. know how you get away with that. I was speeding, and apparently I was swerving. <laughs> though I don't really think that Swerving part. or slurring? <laughs> swerving. <laughs> 
No, I, if I was slur- slurring, he would have made me do a breathalyzer test or something because at that yeah. point it sounded like I'm drunk. But he's like, he even specifically said, it doesn't seem like you're under the influence of any alcohol, so I'm not worried about that. But that's why they pull you over for those things. Cause right. But then he saw what he thinks it was. Cause I just pulled out of an apartment complex. He, I, when I went to go show my insurance, I don't have an insurance card. It's on my phone. So when I went to get my phone to show it to him, he saw that my GPS was on. He was like specifically, well, were you looking at your GPS? Or even he didn't even ask me. It was more of a statement, like, "Oh, so I think you were." He was like, "I think you were looking at your GPS for a second when I saw you swerving, and then everything seemed fine." So you just be careful with that. Make sure you're not being distracted. But there's no laws here. You can technically be on your phone and drive here, except oh, for really? on the highway. Yeah, there's. <laughs> you, I could murder someone and probably get away with it here. There, it's like the Wild West still in many situations. Wow. It, the only Not here. there was a law that was passed, uh, I believe it was like last year, that made it, you you can't be on your phone or be distracted on your phone while on the highway. But as far as like in town and on regular streets, uh, technically it's not illegal. Though they can really? still get you for distracted driving, you know, if you really were distracted. But there is no set law against using your phone. Hmm. Well, definitely can't do that on this side of the coast. <laughs> no. They, uh, if you look at your phone, you'll get a ticket. Well, I mean, it, you got to think the difference too. You got millions of people over there um, that are in a much more confined amount of space. Going, you know, it's it just it's it's a lot different. I mean, I don't know what the popul I mean, I don't know what the population difference is between New Jersey and Arizona, but I would imagine that it's a <laughs> dramatic difference considering New Jersey is one of the most popular. What is it? It's the most densely populated state. Well, you know what? I'm gonna. See what I can. Well, find I, was, out. I, I was actually Googling that, but okay, you go ahead. Okay, 8.95 million people in New Jersey as of 2015. Okay, so Arizona's got 6.8 million people. That's quite a few. No, it's not. Because look at look at the, uh, the what's the square mileage of New Jersey? Google that one next for you, and I'll do Arizona. Okay. Square. Square mileage is 8,729 miles. <laughs> well, just say the, the base number there, 8,000? 729. Okay, 8,000. Mine's 113,000. Holy crap. <laughs> you could fit uh-huh. like... Oh, wait a minute. I, I apologize. I made a mistake. Oh, of course you did. I was about to say that. <sighs> actually totally sound right. 8,729 miles squared. It's square mileage. Oh, that's mine too. 113,000 miles squared. Okay. Okay. Just as long as we're on, the, you know, we're using the same formula. Yeah. Now we are. Yeah. I'm just showing that Arizona is a much, much bigger state, obviously, with a lot of, and you have those eight million people, or sorry, what was I say, six million people? You were eight. Yeah. You have those, yeah, six point eight million people spread out throughout the uh, Arizona, and and in Tucson specifically, where I live, I'm never out of Tucson. Uh, the population is uh, five hundred thousand. So I only have five hundred thousand people on the roads here. That's significantly less. Yeah. Hey, did you know that New York City is 460 <laughs> mile, 69 miles squared? No, I did not know that. Thank you for that lovely trivia fact. And Pennsylvania is 46,055. Yeah, well, just look down, look, just look, see, just see, cannot talk at all. <laughs> um, we always think when you're on the East Coast, Pennsylvania is a huge state. Well, then compare it to like Arizona, where right. it's still, you know, incredibly, well, it's double it over that um that's why i say they just have more room over here than they know what to do with they don't it's they don't really know and there is unusable land here too some of it's really weird mountains and weird hills and 
rock formations. I was just curious about Texas, but I can't get that information for whatever reason. It's okay. Um, we, we don't need to go to trivia fact time now. I mean, the, <laughs> the, my point was that just, there's a lot less drivers here, so they don't really care. True. You know, it, True. It, when, when it affects 1%, when I, this is, I'm making up these statistics. It's probably higher, actually. But when it affects 1% of drivers in uh, New Jersey, that's million, that, could, that could actually be, um, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. When it affects 1% here, it's like one or two maybe. You know, it's just it's a huge, it's a huge difference there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's why they don't so, really care about it here. Unless there's any I mean, and here, I will say this much. With living in Arizona, which is more of a, well, I, this is a joke even me saying this. It is a total conservative state. Uh, it's not more of a conservative. It is a conservative state. Um, less laws is the way to go in this state. That's the way they look at it. So unless there's a reason, unless there's like a huge uproar that they need to pass a law like that, it's, they you know, the the... the, the governor and the senators and everyone else from from arizona they're more like you know unless it's an outrage they're not going to make an unnecessary law that in their eyes makes you know big government you know government making you do you know or controlling what you can do and things like that right right so well i mean like you said um i i believe even you know in this episode that uh the difference in living between being on the east coast and new jersey's like the travel capital between Pennsylvania and New York. I mean, we're, we're like the thoroughfare. We might as well put like a big toll plaza on Route 80 from Pennsylvania to New York because basically, you know, when I go to work in the morning, all I see are Pennsylvania plates heading east. But with that being said, I mean, it's it's so like on all the time. And when you think about like being in like New York City, which you've been there a few times, I believe, I mean, that's the city that never sleeps. Yeah, I've been there quite a few. I mean, I used to go to some clients in the city too, and I worked in that area, so I've, I've been right. there quite a few times now. So you're 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 so close to the city that never sleeps, and I swear to God, I live on the road to get you there. <laughs> it's true. Well, I'll <laughs> it's, put it, I'll put crazy. it this way: there's just a huge difference in everything. Like, you, you, I don't know how if you know this, but it is. But I'll explain it to you if you don't. In New Jersey, if you want to buy a gun and carry a gun, so a concealed carry permit. Um, you you may probably know it's an incredibly difficult thing, almost oh, yeah. impossible to get in. Like New, New York, it's really almost impossible. In New Jersey, it's pretty much impossible as well. Yeah, um, yep. it's just almost impossible because uh, if you look at all the fine print, everything says like like yeah, there's requirements and everything that, but it's at the police chief in your um well in your county, I believe it's county police chief, but it's your police chief's discretion. So and most of the time, they just say no. Like there is not like even if you do everything right, have all the proper information, you need a reason. The only real people that have it are maybe ex-military, ex-cops, um, and they already previously had you know license to carry weapons, so that's fine. Uh, or people that may be celebrities that might be in danger. And really, in New York, that's the only people that have it, or people that are like really high-profile celebrities that that might need to to be able to you know protect themselves if that were to come up here uh in arizona there is no you do not need to get a license to to conceal carry at all so i really? and you do need to be 21 to buy a weapon at like a licensed dealer but i can legally go out and buy a weapon in private party at 20 years old than i am right now so i could go right now find someone craigslist that's selling a handgun buy the handgun totally that's totally legal no background check no nothing it is totally legal you do not need a background check to buy private party 
I could go buy it for however much he's selling it for, and I could put it on my hip and go carry it. Except I can't because you do need to be 21 years old to carry the weapon or conceal carry the weapon. But you don't. But that's how you can do it, and that's why they say, "Oh, we need more background checks and things like that." I could go legally buy a weapon right now with almost no trace, just because I can legally go buy a private party weapon. But now, does the weapon have to be registered once you take ownership? Yeah, I would have to go through the the, the process of registering it. I believe okay. Arizona has a website. Actually, you can do it right online. So it's just so transferring as as the, the the registration of the weapon. So as long as the weapon is registered and you're carrying it and you have the registration permit or whatever document. Well, you don't even need, I don't think you even need that uh, in Arizona either. You don't have to carry anything with you. Because what they'll do is if you, if you like, if you get pulled over, for example, um, uh, here, like every cop will ask you, like, do you have a weapon in the car? Not because, like, hey, you have a weapon in the car, it's a problem. They just, you're supposed to say outright, really, like, uh, like oh, so officer, I need to tell you I have a weapon in the car. That's supposed to be, like, the proper thing you're supposed to do if you do. But, okay. um, but they'll ask, they won't even check it, I don't think. It's so common practice here to have a gun that they just, they'll take it while they're talking to you just to make sure you're not going to shoot them. But then as soon as, you know, you're done speeding ticket or whatever the situation was, they'll give it back to you and that's the end of it. So what if you don't have a gun, you get pulled over by a cop and the cop says, hey, um, <coughs> excuse me, sir, do you, do you have a weapon in a car? Well, that, and happened, you're like, that happened the other day when I got pulled over. He said that. I was like, well, I have a knife. And he's like, I'm not worried about that. <laughs> that's what he said because I had a knife in my because I was reaching around looking for my registration not knowing I didn't have it and he was like oh do you have a, a weapon in the car that I gotta worry about and I was like well I have a fairly large knife in my center <laughs> compartment here um he's like I don't care about that so if you if you were like same scenario with a girl in the passenger seat and he mistook knife for wife he might get like totally blown oh my god no no wife stays in the car wife stays in the car Bad boom <laughs> <laughs> I just hear like the Pac-Man dead like uh, sound effect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hit and miss. Thank you for that lovely joke. Uh, well, at least I'm trying. <laughs> well, I was worried about the knife because uh, I mean I had a big enough knife. Uh, well, it wasn't even big enough. It was a big knife or a wife knife. Okay. I had a big enough knife that's illegal in most states, including New Jersey, because it's got a bigger. Was than, a machete? <laughs> it wasn't a machete, but it's got like a three-inch blade. It's a it's a knife. It's a good knife. So it's not like you have fish there to gut. What the hell do you have a knife that big for? Uh, well, I had it. Honestly, I had it when I, it was in my my Jeep for a while because when I broke down, I needed to have like, it was a good knife to actually like cut the, well, it was the transmission hose whole issue. So the one day oh. I had to like cut that hose off and, and do everything. When I went to the auto parts store, they had this big ridiculous kind of knife there. And I was like, well, this will cut through that rubber tubing. No problem. So it's more almost like a little mini saw than a knife, but it is a, it is a knife. Okay. So, yeah, I had that in the car because it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's good to have a kn- Again, I also live in the middle of a desert practically. So there are things <laughs> here that want to kill you. There are things here that uh, uh, they're well, here dangerous. Too. Not the same. Not the <laughs> same at all. I'll tell you this much. Um, as I do, if I do plan on staying in Arizona, like I'm, I'm here till December. That's kind of my idea just because that's when my lease is up. Right. Uh, if I continue to stay here, which is a possibility, I will tell you this much. I'll also be 21 December. I'm going to probably purchase a handgun. Uh, I, I'm not a huge gun person, but okay, there are you're things. You're going to blow your, your, your feet off, your head off. No, I, no, I, I, I don't think so. Um, I was actually an excellent shot at the uh, at a pellet gun. I know there's a little bit of a difference there, but I a was. Little. I could shoot a rope that was. Well, it's a long story. I'm not going to get into that. Oh, but no, anyway. no. We want to hear about the rope. No, it's fine. Go ahead. No, no. Um, so you brought it up. No, it's fine. But there are like mountain. There are mountain lions here. There was a mountain lion in my apartment complex a couple of weeks ago. I have my dog. If the mountain lion and my dog decide to get into a scuffle, 
that is the time that I would want to have a weapon. My knife's not going to do anything to a mountain lion either. I was going to say, are you nuts? You're going to throw the knife at the... At, no, but if I had a gun, I would shoot it. Oh, jeez, you would not. Yes, I, if it was killing my dog, without a doubt I would. You're not telling me if you had a gun and there was a mountain lion killing your dog, Maggie, you wouldn't shoot it. You're just going to let it kill your dog? You terrible well, human being. No, no, You no. terrible human being. Well, you got to understand, I, I'm thinking of it as... If it were happening in in New Jersey, where you couldn't even really have a gun, and if you shot the mountain lion, if God forbid there was one in New Jersey, all the activists would like go nuts and 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 you know put you up on trial for you know killing an innocent animal, even though it killed your innocent animal. So it's a whole completely different kind of situation. Here, here, here the police are going to come and be like, "Yeah, you did what you had to do. Yeah, you did what you had to do. I mean, that you're they were killing your dog. Your dog's your property. You have a right to protect it. That's that's yeah, that's the way it here. is here. Not here. And not here. and I don't care. I don't look at it that way. Like it's my dog. I need to protect my dog. Like no, I'm not looking or my property, my investment. I'm not looking at it like that. So that's a little too southern you for chew, me. And, and you also chew tobacco. I mean, yeah, I know, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't do that. But at the same time, I'm just gonna. I'm not, I don't want my dog to die if I have the ability to save my dog, and I love my dog, um, and he might be protecting me. You know, he, maybe he approached the mountain lion, so the mountain lion wouldn't approach me. You know, he's protecting me, and I'm going to protect him back if I if I had a gun. And and I also, if I do stay here, I plan on doing some more stuff. I'd love to go camping in the mountains and stuff like that. There's more dangers up there as well, more creatures that want to kill you. You know, it just... You, there is more of a reason to have a weapon here than New Jersey. Because in New Jersey, what are you going to do? You're, what are you going to use that weapon for to kill a person? I mean, regardless, or defend yourself against people. That is the main purpose of that weapon in, like, New Jersey. You know, maybe you're not, yeah, maybe you're not buying the weapon to specifically kill someone, but you're buying it maybe to protect your home or something like that. And that's fine. Those are all valid reasons. But if someone does come in your home and try to steal something and you shoot them, you are pro- you are charged now. They were on the news the other day. I forget what state it was in. Um, this is really recent. There was a guy that was charged with 100 days in jail for shooting a burglar that was in his home. 100 days in jail, then he's got like like a year of community service or something like that. And it was originally going to be longer than that, but they that was that was what they came up with. That's ridiculous. Well, I, I, he, this I is the reason why I, I would not have a weapon, because having a weapon to protect yourself, every story that I can recall has a bad ending when an innocent person who has a perfectly legal reason to have a weapon has to discharge the weapon to protect himself or his family, ends up in court, ends up, you know, paying hundreds and thousands of dollars in lawyer lawyer fees and civil suits that were lost, and it's not even worth it. It's just take, you know, burglar, take whatever the hell you want because, you know what, at the end of the day, if I don't, like, shoot you, and, you know, I'm ahead of the game. Well, look, it's a fine line because this is where it gets so confusing because if that burglar's coming in and he's going to steal your stuff and he plans on killing you and well, I mean, but then still the, the, the problem is it's a very gray line and I, I don't like it. I, I mean, that's why honestly I do also like Arizona because if someone were to break into my apartment, I had a gun and shot them. The cops would be like, good job. You got him. You did our job for us. That is literally their mentality. It's the mentality of like Arizona, New Mexico, Texas and Florida. And those are like the last states that have that mentality. Uh, they did good. I mean, look, there are people in Florida literally have gotten away with what looks to be actually murder. <laughs> like those yeah. ones are even worse. You know, here it's, I mean, if someone broke into my home, even if they just had a knife, or, I mean, I'm sure they have something. You're not breaking into a home without any weapon, but maybe they don't have a gun. If they had a knife and 
they broke into the home and I thought I was in danger, there'd be absolutely no problem with me, me shooting them. Now, with that being said, I think that people are stupid. I think you should shoot to wound, not necessarily shoot to kill. I shoot a kneecap. Okay. That person's going to go down to the ground, but they're not going to die or bleed out before the cops are going to come. Right. And, and right. But if you shoot them in the kneecap, they're down. That is like one of the worst pains you can have. And they can get fixed. They'll just have to get a kneecap. I mean, that's not like they'll they'll live a perfectly fine life still. This maybe with a little bit of a limp. A limp, yeah, yeah. Which that, that I mean, I think they deserve that for breaking into my house and trying to steal something. So shoot the kneecaps, and, and cops do the same thing. I hate all these stories about cop shootings. I they are they are literally trained to shoot to kill. That is in every training book in the you know for police in the country. I think it's a mistake. You know, we always talk about all these police shootings. Shoot, shoot to wound. Shoot to bring them down to the ground. I don't. If you shoot someone in the kneecap, they are not getting back up fast enough to get their gun and try to shoot back. And if they do, then shoot them to kill. But you could at least try to get them down first. Shoot them in the kneecap. Well, that's the mentality here in in this tri-state area of New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Wait, what, what, what is the mentality there? It's it's not shoot to kill. It's no, shoot it, to wound. No, no, no. That that is not correct at all. Every police that is like the, the every police department in the country. Their guidelines is shoot to kill. If a cop has to draw his gun, you are shooting to kill. That is how it is in every state. It is everywhere. That is why you hear all about these police shootings that could have been avoided because when they have to discharge their gun for their own safety or for the public safety, they are shooting to kill. That is just how that is. It's a problem. But that's a problem that needs to be addressed uh, probably on the federal level, to be honest. But um, And now if a cop really feels like his life is in danger or there's a danger to the public, shoot to kill. You know, There's some situations that make sense. But I think people need to use better judgment. But unfortunately, it's not the cop's judgment. The the cop, if the cop needs to discharge his weapon, he is trained to shoot to kill, not shoot to wound. So that is just how that is. Mm. That is that is how it is. That is the policies of every police station in the country. Interesting. I mean, I I really was I, from what I understood, it was the other way around. But you know, it is what it is. I mean, otherwise, think about all these riots, like the riots in Chicago. Um, if it was shoot to kill, then the riots wouldn't make sense because everybody would know that the cop was intending to, you know, protect himself at any rate. If a cop even thinks that you have a gun because you got something pointy in your pocket and he feels like, Oh, you're going to go for that. You know, whatever it is in your pocket, it could be nothing. It could be, you know, whatever. It could be a, a giant cigar. Well, you know, for- here's the thing really, when it comes down to it, most people, when 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 there's clean shootings from a you know when a police officer has to draw his weapon, because you don't hear this in the news all the time, you know, um, you only hear when someone dies or or when there's an actual issue. But there's plenty of clean shots where, yeah, they they shot to kill essentially. They they but they they make it. You know, if 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 medical services are there fast enough, many people do survive from gunshot wounds. It's not if it, if it if you're shot cleanly through, and there's and you didn't shoot any of the. Um, you know, any of your vital organs, vital organs. <laughs> yeah, you know, heart, lungs, kidneys, you know, those head, those are the kind of no cops going to go for a headshot. So uh, when a cop, the cops are trained to shoot in the chest, you know, tw- two in the chest. That is also why you almost always have at least two shots. That is that that is the trained. If it's clean shots that isn't through any vital organs, you're going to live. It. There's almost I mean, as long as you don't bleed out, I mean, that's your second worry. But if you know, most of the time it's not the case. Police are going to be there right away. A lot of times the, poli- the, uh, the officer that has shot you is going to immediately go and tr- start working on you and making sure you're OK after he makes sure you're not a threat no longer. You know, this doesn't make sense to me because there's so many other ways that you could disable somebody without physically having to perform CPR. Well, in my opinion. Well, I, well, I don't know. Look, I think it's I think it's a really tough call. I I don't I'm not I've never been in that position. I would don't really want to. 
Um, if someone else has a gun pointed at you and you're a cop, you gotta shoot them. I mean, I don't care what you say. There's no ta- if you, if they have a gun and you have a taser, it's like that whole expression: "Don't bring a knife to a gunfight." Well, don't bring a taser right. to and, most, and, and honestly a to a gunfight. Yeah, and some yeah. Ta- tasers are actually legal in a lot of states. Same with pepper spray. So, yeah. a lot of cops, all they got is their gun and maybe like a like a flashlight, you know, or you know, so like. And if you don't want to bring the 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 pepper spray or the taser to the gunfight, if someone has a gun pointed at you. If you have a clean shot, you probably should take it to get them down to the ground. Because if they're pointing a gun at a cop, that's already a bad situation. Like there, oh, there's, course. there's no coming back from that. And a lot of the stories you hear, that's exactly what happened. They, there was a real threat. Now, whether the cop could have maybe done something else to protect himself, was the guy really going to shoot? These are things that are so. It's complicated. It's not an easy solution, but it's, uh, you know, none of the, nonetheless, it's it's tough. I, I don't want to be in that situation. I'll well, tell you this much: if I had a gun on me and someone had a, I mean, if, unless it was a, a federal or so agent or a cop or someone like that, you know, unless they're supposed to have their gun pointed at me, if for any reason if someone had a gun pointed at me that wasn't supposed to, and I had a gun, I'm gonna drop my gun too, and then we're gonna be a little Mexican standoff there for a second while you know, I figure out if I'm gonna be the person that tries to shoot first. But I know if they shoot first, I'm probably dead. So. Yeah, because you're a bad aim. I don't think I am, actually, but that's... <laughs> we can't ignore that. Well, here's the thing. I mean, it's a lot of it has to be judgment call on, on the side of the officer. I mean, they're trained to be able to detect a suicide situation versus a, you know, a person who was, you know, attempting a robbery using a weapon or such as a gun, you know, as part of the, as part of the setup. So I think there's like, well, you said it best. It, it's, it's just a situation that you really just don't want to be in. That's why I don't want to own a gun. I don't want to own anything that requires that much thought. Can I, well, can I, you don't have to put, well, you can't even drive in New Jersey with a, a weapon in your car. Well, you don't have to worry about it though. Honestly, you don't because look, if, if someone starts breaking into your house and you hear them, uh, number one, you live in more of a residential area. You start saying, if you get, get like your, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a decent weapon that is definitely legal. Like I, I like how about your um, your pool stick? Like I, I don't know where that is exactly in your your house. The I know it was in your bedroom for a while. So I'm it's gonna, been in the same spot for the last five years. Okay, so if you grab your pool stick, if you whack someone with that's gonna hurt, but it's not gonna kill oh, anyone yeah. by any means. Well, right. um, so if, even if someone has a gun, let's just say, and they're breaking into your house, you start yelling, you say, get out of my house, you know, I'm going to hurt, you know, whatever, and you have your pool stick there, there's a good chance they're going to get out of the house because there's, it's too much of a residential area, people are going to hear you, it's too, it's too, it's too hot, and as is the criminals say, it's too hot. Now, with that being said, here, and also, if you call the police, in, in that area, you're going to have cops there in a minute, you know, there's going to be at least two cars there, like, it's not, it's not a problem there. Well, we know how quickly they came to Washington. Oh yeah, I mean, they, I mean, I remember the one time there was that domestic domestic dispute a couple doors down in the neighborhood. You weren't home actually; I think you were down at the shore. Um, okay. But I was home, and they 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 got the address. Well, they actually they got the address right. It was the address that was on the, our the back door. You know, those are different numbers on the back door. Oh, you're talking about here? I, yeah. I'm talking about Washington Warren County. No, no, I'm talking about there. I'm talking about oh. yeah, your house. But yeah. the, the um, you know how the numbers in the back door are different. Yes. Well, yes. that was the numbers they were looking for. It was just oh happened God. to be a house a couple doors down. So the cops, they're like, they, so the cops came to the door and they're like, "Is this blah blah blah?" I'm like, "No, this is actually 532 Wilston. You know, this is you know this is this road." Oh great! Now everybody knows where I live. I didn't say their name. I didn't say the name of the road. I made it up. <laughs> I said Wilston. Wilston. Yes, Wilston. 
Famous um, Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and they were like, well, what's these numbers here? And the cops would not understand that. They did not understand the number thing. And I was like, and they're like, well, what's going on? I'm like, uh, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> like, he's like, is anyone else here? Uh, me and two dogs and a cat. <laughs> That's they're like, well, can we take a look around? And I was like, sure. I mean, they came in the house. Yeah, they came in the house. They just looked around. They're like, okay. And then we were done. And then I had a couple other cops that were like wondering. I was like, yeah, they already figured it out. I'm not the right house. And they found the right house. But they were there in like a matter of seconds. Here, it's again, you're so far apart. Uh, if you call the cops, um, could be minutes, could be an hour. I'll tell you this much. When a friend had their car hit and they called the cops, the cops never came. They said, oh, they'll be there in a couple hours. A couple hours went by. They never came. Friend called back up. They were like, yeah, it's on the list. Never came ever to go over to get the police report for the, the hit and run. Never came. Wow. I don't think it's because the cops don't care. It's just that there's not enough of them. It's too big of an area to patrol. And then if you're out of city limits, too, and you have the county police, if you're on a back desert road and all of a sudden something happens, guess what? There is no way no one's going to help you. It would be an hour before sometimes people would get to you. It's kind of like, in that regard, it's kind of like Alaska, where you need to have a weapon just because you kind of have to do some self-policing because there's some remote parts that you're just never going to get help. Uh, That I get. And the police department here is like two miles away. Yeah, so here, I mean, I mean, there's in the city of Tucson, there's like four or five different police, you know, kind of headquarters. But, um, but ultimately, if you, you know, if you're far enough away or there, whatever that's going on, obviously, if you're in major danger, they're going to come as fast as they can. But it's still, you know, it's, they might have to travel 10, 15 miles to get to you. And, and, and that's just assuming you're in the city. That's not assuming you're, you know, on the outskirts or somewhere else where it's going to be a lot harder for someone to get to you. Or, like, what I was afraid of, too, if I do off-roading again and I break down or something and I'm in the middle of the desert, you know, maybe I do want to have a gun for protection for animals or someone just to come. Look, someone could see me and say, I'm going to kill you and take your car or do whatever, and they could bury my body out there. It'd be a month before someone found me, if that. Maybe no or one would ever find me. Or if you're lost, you could just shoot the gun up in the air. Hopefully somebody hears the, the gun and tries to find you. I believe it's illegal to discharge a weapon in the middle of the air like that. I think that's only in the movies. Oh, that's not no, safe I gun ownership because you realize that bullet has to come down and it's going to hurt someone when it hits them coming down. might not kill them. If you're them. in the middle of the freaking desert and it's just you and Cacti. If you shoot it just straight up, you're in danger of hitting yourself. Well, you get out of the way. <laughs> okay, I shoot and then I run 20 feet the other way. I'm pretty sure that's uh, I, I'm pretty sure that's not in the, the proper uh, training procedural handbook. For okay, we'll have to handguns. do some research on uh, actually. And you know what? It's funny because I remember there was a movie... Um, but they did this with an arrow. Well, there's lots of... You're so lame. You know how many movies have done that? There was a movie that did this. Yeah, well, how about every movie? No, not every movie. I, I have a feeling I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, but this is something people do. It's, you're talking about... You're thinking of um, Grown Ups. Grown Ups, yeah. yeah. But but they did this in so many movies. And not to mention, I know people that you did this. That, they, that, that was a thing. Like, it actually, your generation did stupid stuff like that. Because, you, you know, that's that's the stuff. Why, am I, why are you picking on my generation? Because I know people that are your age that have done that when they were, like, children. They what, got shot an arrow or a gun in the air? And arrow. Arrow? Yeah. Well, I never did that. Well, good for you. You were busy making, more you were ma- you were busy making go-karts and running to people's flower beds. That's correct. And, by the way, I just want to reiterate one thing. When you Just because you were saying about having a weapon, do you remember the reaction Maggie had with the cable guy? I do. So I'm okay because she's my weapon. No, she's not. Oh. What is she bat- going to do? Oh. What is she going to do? So you could kick her. 
And she'd fly 10 feet the other way. What, she'd gro- or she'll growl. She'll growl. growl. What is she going to do? She can't kill someone. She can't even injure someone. Her no, mouth she- is as big as a <laughs> nothing. She might be a little feisty dog, but she's a little feisty dog. What is she going to do to protect you? She's not going to scare anyone. She looks as cute as can be. Okay, well, at the end of at the end of whatever happens, she'll be by my side licking my face. Yeah, while you're dead. She'll lick the blood <laughs> out of your mouth as it's coming down. Oh, you really, you had a ticket there. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, speaking of cops, how many times do you think the cops were called in Washington? Well, this is, you should probably say why, but. Well, we will, but how many times do you think the cops were at our house? Four or five times. A week? No, it wasn't that A weekend? Bad. It wasn't that bad. It got oh, bad it was, towards the end there, but it was well, ultimately the matter. There times were times came, the cops were there twice in one day. Well, I'm not counting those. That they were practically never not there in those days. Like I'm not counting those as individual at the times. That's what I'm. Ta- I'm, not, I'm not. I'm talking about Grandma when she fell and no, no I'm not talking about that either. Okay. You know, I'm okay. Not, I, no, it, no, you're over exaggerating. They they came maybe. I'll say I'll go up a little bit five six times. But, were, but when they, but then when they came though they brought like almost a SWAT team with them. I mean I don't. And speaking of SWAT team, what about when you and I were upstairs in the master bedroom? Not, and not you and me. It was me. Don't put yourself in the line of danger walked, here. No, you were downstairs when it happened. I know, I know when were, it happened. I heard it. <laughs> and I, was I know. It was died. right over your head. I am, Okay, so to give some context um, <laughs> yes. for everything here. Uh, the cops got <laughs> calling us a lot because we had ATVs and go-karts and we were racing around and there were some neighbors that didn't like that. It was too loud. Even one though, neighbor. One, one neighbor, neighbor. Even though our ATV was about as loud as, as a, a lawnmower. Actually, maybe even quieter than a lawnmower. Well, we actually and did a test. Remember we did a decibel test? Yeah, and, and the cops were like, oh, that's nothing. And then the right. go-kart was not any louder than the lawn. Definitely not any lo- louder than a lawnmower. And just um, for the record, the, the person that was calling was uh, calling because his girlfriend-to-be wife- Wanted nothing to do with any kind of like, you know, outdoor motor vehicles, motorcycles, go karts, quads, or nothing like that. the The boyfriend to be husband loved it. Well, she wasn't around. You know what? He was. It it wasn't just him though. It was also the other neighbor, which was a cop. He was actually more of an issue than that neighbor. I don't know. I think John. Well, for me, John was more of an issue because he kept coming over. He came over, but but I know who called. I talked to John at one point though, and he was like, "I've only called the cops like once, and I know the other neighbor called it more because then there was." He a, has a quad too. Yeah, well, whatever. So I, I mean, that's saying, hypocritical. I'm just saying that he had an issue after he caught us in the street when you almost hit him. But it's not a big deal. That, I digress. That was the day I got the quad. Okay, and yes, just, I had a couple incrim- of too many beers. Don't, incrim- and was- Ed, don't incriminate yourself. That's that's <sighs> drinking and driving on technically a road that you don't have a. Le- let's just leave it at that. Anyway, <laughs> but um, it went up to then, 50 then, miles an okay, hour. Okay, let's let's move on here. <laughs> that was um, Anyway, um, what I was going to say, though, that the time that uh, the, the worst actual situation like that is, um, well, when the cops came was uh, there. So to give some context, we lived on like two acres of land and directly behind us was uh, a, a actually it was farm. three acres. Okay. Oh, my God. You don't. It doesn't matter. The con- you see, you me- I'm going to mute you. You're messing up the flow of the story here. Well, I want to get the the facts straight. It doesn't matter, though. It's not a fact. It's not relevant to the story. Anyway, okay, thank you. Thank you. You're so kind. There was uh, two and a half acres of land that we lived on, and directly behind that was a farm field. And and this all used to be farm as as well. Like, it was just sold off, and, you know. Uh, So, right behind us was a farm, and it was corn. And then, you know, behind that, there was a barn, and I guess the owner of the farm had some... Uh, Are you kids deliberately nephews. trying to rhyme words? No, just shut up. <laughs> uh, they Farm, had, barn, corn. That does anyway. not. 
Anyway, uh, they were shooting uh, weapons. I don't even know what kind. Um, but they were shooting guns. I don't even know at what. But they were essentially facing the house. You know, they were facing the, the houses. And I heard it. I was going up. So going upstairs, I was in like the master bedroom, going into like a, a walk-in closet when I heard a, a noise. And at first, I thought the cat knocked something over. It was a weird noise. It sounded like something fell. It was fairly loud though. And I was like, maybe five, six feet from where this actually happened. And I didn't know what it was at the time. But I was like, well, that. But it was a weird sound. I look around, nothing seemed out out of place. I'm like, okay, go on with my my everyday life. And it was only a couple hours later. Um, my dad notices, uh, that there's some like white powdery stuff on the floor and look like either like flour or cocaine or something like that. Yeah. It definitely wasn't cocaine. Yeah. Well, we did. Yes. So, uh, so he's like, Oh, what's this? And I'm like, Oh, that's weird. And then we, I look up, I, I was, I remember I was the one that looked up cause I just naturally, there was something down. I look up and I'm like, uh, well, there's a hole in the ceiling. And then me and, and then we we're both like, Huh? Like what happened? And I I don't remember what you were saying, but I was like, you were like, I wonder if something like in the attic happened. Like we were like, it was kind of puzzling because there was a little hole in the ceiling. You have like now fragments of sheetrock on the floor. We're putting these pieces together. And I look to the right and I'm like, oh, and then I started to figure out what happened here because I see that there's another hole now on the wall in the master bedroom. And this was like a kind of a bigger hole. This was more of like a... On the opposite end of the room. Yeah, on the opposite end of the room. And it was more of like an, it, it wasn't like a clean little hole. It was more of like a, a more of an impact. It kind of maybe like a, a one inch fraction of the sheetrock was pretty much damaged. And I was like, Oh, and I said to my dad, I was like, I bet I know what happened. I bet this was, a, this was a bullet. Like I bet a bullet came in and you know, if you looked at the, like the, the line from that hole, it all lined up and he was like, Oh my, I don't think you said, Oh my God. I think you said something a little bit more yeah. um, different than that. But <laughs> you said, <laughs> Because it, it, sure it, it, it made sense. We called the police. There was, oh, God. There were like six cops there. Then the, um, oh, we had eight, the, fi- was the, it eight? the fishing game. Yeah, the fishing were, game. Were I think ATF was there. Or, oh, there was like was, four different organ uh, detectives. Must have been a SWAT team. Yeah, the de- de- detectives <laughs> came the next day. They couldn't, the detectives couldn't come out that day, or I don't believe. So I remember I stayed uh, home from school that next day so the detectives could come and, you know, I kind of explained to them the situation. It was like two days of this. They had to end up like cutting the whole, like had to cut the wall to retrieve the bullet for <laughs> ballistics, and they did retrieve the bullet. It was in good condition. It was in the insulation on in the side of the house. Yep. Um, and then they went up in the attic, um, and they found the hole. Like you know, came into the house, and they had like a whole little laser pointer thing. It was like, it was absolutely crazy. And I don't know if anything actually ended up coming of it at all, but they took it seriously. They definitely took it seriously. Oh, well, the follow-up to that was um, I did get a call from a detective, and he actually came to the house. He did not give me the shell casing that was in the wall because they needed that for evidence. But when they went over to that barn, they found, from what they surmised, there were two levels, two floors to the barn. Well, I, I've been in the barn before. So okay, I'm, so, well, to yeah. the listeners. No, I know, I'm just saying. I was in the barn. So, yeah, there was, like, two levels. So when you were in the second level, um, you could just barely see the tops of the houses in the development. And if you looked down from that standpoint, there were targets. And behind the targets were was like a, a tree line. So what they were doing, they were such bad shots that they were literally shooting bullets over the roofs of our houses. And because my house was at the time, closest to the tree line, 
you know, the, the bullet went through the house. And then we also found after the fact that there were two other um, holes in the siding. Um, it was like vinyl siding that were exactly the same or basically the same diameter of the holes that we found um, upstairs in the master bedroom. However, they did not go through the sheetrock. So they were still somewhere between the, the, you know, in the wall of the siding to the sheetrock. And there were several of those. And he gave me um, a sample of what, like a shell casing of what actually was used to shoot our house at the time. And I still have that today. It was crazy. So um, the farm was up for sale. The owner was away. He had... Uh, he had kids. The kids and their friends were partying. That that was their place to party. Drink, bonfires. You remember those, Trev. You could, you could see the bonfire, you know, in the late night hours. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was it. Never, there was never any kids there again. Um, I don't know, you know, how they found the father, but I mean, it was never, never an issue again. It was, it was just so crazy though. So, Yeah. You think you're safe in, in, you know, in a rural area of Warren County? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I might end up getting shot. Well, after that whole incident, um, I did something illegal that I don't even know if you know about. After that whole thing, I took the, the ATV and I went and, and went into the farm. And I went all the way to the the farmhouse there. Um, okay. Because I wanted... No, I didn't know this. Yeah, well, it was like one of the... I, I didn't normally... I would never go into the farm normally because it technically would be trespassing. Though they right. shot our house. So I was like... <laughs> I mean, I know two wrongs don't make a right, but still, like, what are they going to do? Call the cops. You shot our house, though. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you almost yeah, shot I want to return was, your bullet. <laughs> I was five feet away from this bullet. Then if it was just sloped a little bit lower, it could have actually hit me in the head and it probably could have killed me. You know, Very well, could have. I mean, at that point, it wasn't traveling real fast. I mean, it went through a roof, and I believe it even went through a two by four up in the attic. It wasn't oh, it went through pl- it went through the shingle. It went through plywood. Went through a two by six or two it by six, through, yeah. And then it went, went through several um, layers of sheetrock. Sheetrock. It went through crown molding, and ended up. Well, he said that that bullet could travel a mile. Yeah, the caliper well, of, at, of the at, weapon. At the end of the mile, though, could it's, it's it's lost a lot of. Uh, Speed. It was 400 yards. It was it was 400 yards. They measured it from where that barn was, where they were standing, to where the house stood in the back. 400 yards. So you're talking 400 yards versus a mile of travel. It had a lot of it had a lot of momentum going almost literally through the house and out the other end. Had it been maybe 300, um, you know, 300, it may have gone right straight through the house. And ended up in the street or in the neighbor's house across the street. So you never know. Anyway, you went, you did what now? You went over to the yeah, farm? Yeah, well, I went over to the farm. I got a bunch of pictures. They had hundreds of, of, of casings uh, of different am- ammunition. Shotgun mm-hmm. shells, uh, handgun, you know, right, it looks like some rifles too. I mean, I'm not a huge gun person, but I, I knew for the most part what I was looking at. Right. Um, and uh, and the, the whole barn too. They weren't doing any work there. It was just all for fun. Like there was no oh, yeah. tools. There was no you know, tractors. There was nothing. It was all just. It was old. It was probably dangerous to even stand in. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was fairly far away uh, from the houses. That was probably towards the end of its. You know the, the, that the bullets were losing their power because it was quite. It took a little while to even get there on the ATV. Like it was it's probably it's close to probably a mile. 
it, it looks like it's a lot closer when you're looking back at it, but it, the, the actual barn where they were shooting, it's pretty far away. It's also yeah. on a hill, so it looks kind of, it stands out a little bit more than it actually is. It's more of a sloped hill the entire right. way on the, the field. Right, right. So, well, that's no big deal. So the worst that would have happened is they would, oh, uh, you have to get off this property and you would have drove back. You know, I wasn't driving uh, like harmfully in the field either. I was driving on one of the like dirt roads that they have in the field to, to get back there. So I wasn't right. like traveling through corn or anything like that. Getting over there must have been interesting because of the, the ravine between the tree line and the properties. There was, it's, you, it's not hard for a four-wheel drive ATV. There, there's no, a, there was I mean, a couple it, places you could easily get across. Yeah, yeah. Maybe over by uh, Mark's house. Actually, to be no, I'll tell you, no. There was the actual the best place to get over was right by it was right behind our, our house. There was this little part it was just rocks. It was like you had to go in that little ditch, but it wasn't a problem for the the ATV. Oh, but, was that where I put the white, the white wire stone for the jumps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right behind there. If you went okay, behind on one of those paths I made more in the wooded area there. Gotcha. That if you went back there, there was one place that there was like not that barbed wire fence, or it was just gone. Right, right. And it was easy enough to get back there. So for those who are wondering, like, what I was referring to with the stone, so we we wanted to build a jump because we would take the quads full throttle and we want to see how high we can get them in the air because we're stupid. So I go to a place where I can get <clears throat> a, um, I guess it was like three yards of whitewashed stone, and we put it, <laughs> I dropped it in the backyard back by I think there was like an old garden there at one time maybe the previous owner had it and I we got that pretty high right at first it was like maybe three four feet high because I, I remember like what I it was a little intimidating for me but I remember like you would take that jump and it was like nothing and you would be like you know six feet in the air traveling at you know 40 miles an hour and doing a perfect landing it was like well, yeah, I, 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 for the most part, I, I almost, I all had perfect landings for the most part until I broke my arm off the one landing. I did not do so well. Oh, oh, yes. Not, I've got, I mean, I, I, that was weird. I landed almost on the headlights of the ATV. Yes. It was terrible. I'm surprised. Actually, there was no damage to the, the ATV from that incident, but I'm surprised. But I landed pretty much head first. I flipped over the, the the quad. I mean, I think that I don't know what pressure actually broke my arm. It may have been the flipping motion because I had my hands grabbing the. I was trying to save it still. I don't right. know if it was when I actually hit the ground, or when the ATV ran me over. Consequently, <laughs> after that, since I was now in front of a moving object <laughs> that was going thirty miles per hour, yeah. Um, but that was nasty, and I went a couple days without going to the doctor because I was like, I'll get over it. I just remember yeah. that was like, it wasn't the worst pain I felt. The worst pain was when I sprang my my ankle i know for like that was a sprain i actually broke my arm but sprains can sometimes hurt more that was bad that hurt way more but the the arm was uh i remember taking a shower after, like right after that happened because i was like oh my god like it was bad and it was just throbbing pain like it was ugh, that was bad <laughs> <laughs> that was not fun but Do then i did go right back after by the way with even at, with, after i broke it, it with no cast no hospital no nothing i went right back out and started driving again just with one hand Right, right. I remember that. And you drove it with the cat. Yeah, your mother was like well, yelling I, and screaming so, so at me. I'm like, I can't stop Because him. she was, because it was her. Plus, I believe it was my left, no, it was my right hand. Was and right that hand. was where the throttle control was too. So it made it a little more difficult. So I did go to the go-kart at that point. It's easier to drive a go-kart with a steering wheel with one hand. than uh, And donut. Donut. You took donut several the times. Cat? On the, the cat on the go-kart. 
Uh, she didn't like it so much. No, it wasn't Donut. You're thinking of um, it was uh, Pussycat. Oh yeah, that was Pussy Cat. Pussy That's Cat. Right. Yeah, he was. A, he, he liked the go. He liked to go. He was the only one I can get on it. I tried Musette the one time. She did not love. Well, she well, did not want anything to do with that. She wanted anything to do with outside. No, she, I only brought. We only brought her out like once or twice, and she like ran back inside. Ran, she was yeah. not a uh, a cat that would like that. But um, but yeah, no, Pussy Cat would totally. He would just sit down and and like lay down in the seat. He didn't. Even, I don't think he even knew what was going on. Now he was well. He spent most of his life outside. I did try taking Donut on um, the ATV and stuff before. She didn't really like it, to be honest. She was kind of a little more hesitant. Well, Mags liked it. Maggie, well, all the dogs we had always liked it. Yeah, there was no dog we didn't have. But. Do you remember um, when I broke my ribs on Mark's quad? I do remember that. I was right behind you. I saw that whole thing happen. You were. I don't know exactly what happened. It was your I, fault. Like it was my fault. I know it was my fault. I misshifted. The, you popped the clutch, or you shifted wrong. I, I, mean, I shifted from third to first, and the and the ATV went right up on its hind legs, if you will, and right into a tree. Well, you fell. Well, luckily you weren't on it when it hit the tree. You just went right down. Like I saw it. It was like a brick hitting pavement. It was just like yeah. You, like it, the the ATV went on two wheels. It went up. You went down. At, you know. You, you actually probably wouldn't better if you held it. But you just kind of let go and you went down and I just saw you. He went right in your back. And I, I knew as soon as it happened and I heard a noise come out of your mouth, like <laughs> sound like a dying deer in the woods. <laughs> and I was, I was like, I know he's not OK. Like, oh, uh, yeah, it was about six weeks of not being OK. <laughs> yeah, that was that was funny. Um, uh, good times. But I knew you were. I was like, Daddy, I got off the ATV. I was like, Dad, are you OK? And you're like, no, I'm not. <laughs> Like, oh. I know. And, and well, normally you've always said yes. Like, you know, I mean, you might be like, you've gotten hurt before. You, I've never yeah. heard you actually say like, no, I'm not. Okay. I was like, do you want me to call something? Like, no, hold on. Let me just walk it off. And you didn't really walk it off. You just kind of, uh, yeah. No, you, I, I remember that. I, I got the ATV off the tree and I drove it back and I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. And then that, it wasn't that far down the road that I wasn't home, but Mark had the go kart. Yeah, I was, that was I saw that happen kind of too. And he broke his arm. I still don't understand how he broke so his I arm riding a go kart. No, I understand how he did it. I don't understand how he. T- I don't understand how he actually flipped it over. But so he was stupid. The go kart's got a full roll cage, and right. it and the wheel, we flipped that thing several times. It was right. like and if you, I had to cut you out of the seatbelt once. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, I though I I I flipped it on my own a couple times, like, and I did roll it the one time. That was the scary part, where normally it just kind of tipped on its side. That was like mm-hmm. kind of what it did. But the one time I like rolled it three times because that was kind of scary. But as long as you keep yourself in the roll cage, there's not really much of a harm to you, or even actually the go kart for that matter. Right. It's it's completely encased in a roll cage. Well, Mark had his hand outside of the roll cage, like you know, how, kind of like how you would have your arm out of a window. So his his arm was kind of out the roll cage, and that was why when it tipped over, it crushed his arm. So he had the whole weight of the go kart essentially on his arm. Now the question at hand is, I don't know how he tipped it where he was, because I was crazy on those things. Oh, I, I knew the I knew the max and how much to push everything, and I did it to you know I, you know I I was like really good at that. Like I, that was something I will honestly say that I was good at. I knew well, I knew how to devils. We we don't that. I mean, don't even say don't even us. say we because you know you you wouldn't have done half the stuff that I even did. Well, I didn't know if I probably didn't see half of the stuff you did. It's probably true you, too. But yeah. but but I knew how to push everything. Like I knew exactly how, and I was really good at the Honda the that ATV. I knew exactly how fast I could go around every turn. You know the fastest. You know really crazy. Like I knew how to get the back end to come out without, you know, 
getting too much traction or I'm actually going to flip over or something like that because it was all-wheel drive. It wasn't four-wheel, it was all-wheel. So, right. you know, that was a little challenging at, to, at first compared to other ATVs where it's much easier to get the back end to come out. But I knew the max is for everything. I don't know how he flipped over there. I just don't. Even if you were going as fast as that go-kart could go, which honestly wasn't that fast, maybe 30, 40 miles per hour max. And in the area he was in, he wasn't even going that fast, probably like 25, 30 at right. most just because of the area he was in. And it wasn't really, it was a, it was a bank. It was, it wasn't really like a sharp turn or anything. I don't know how he flipped it there. There's absolutely no way I, I don't understand how he flipped it there. That part always got me. And I tried doing it again, just with my arms inside the, uh, on it and, you know, inside the roll cage and I could not get it to tip there. Hmm. I don't know. I, Cause I was trying, I was like, I was like, how did he do this? I, I still don't, I don't know how he did it. I think he we'll, did we'll something stupid. I, unfortunately me and uh, it was his son actually me and his son were we were riding too but we were in front of him so we didn't actually see it happen he was in behind oh. we were in front and all of a sudden uh we're like hey where, where'd he go and then we go back around and we see that he's you know tipped over and he was kind of pinned there too so we had to unpin him and yeah it was just and then yeah that was he he, he broke his arm much worse than me he actually like broke the bone in like two places mine was more I, of a I, fracture I, I i know i mean i was like shocked i could not believe all that damage happened, you know, and he wasn't going that fast. Yeah, mine but was much worse. My accident was actually much worse, and I hurt myself in, you know, like, overall. Like, I felt like I hit by a bus for, like, a month after that. Like, it was yeah. pretty bad. But my arm just broke very cleanly. It was a very clean break. It healed very easily. A couple months in a cast, that kind of sucked. And I started school with the cast. I remember some of the teachers, because there was two. At that, it was, like, the only time in my schooling where I had another Trevor in my classes. So there was two Trevors. And he was in several of my classes. So they would say Trevor with the orange cast because I had a <laughs> cast yeah. on. Yeah. So I became as, known as the cast person. Um, <laughs> but, cast uh, away. And it was weird because I couldn't write either. It was my right hand. Well, you couldn't write before that. That's true. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> I was illiterate before that. <laughs> I don't know how I forgot that. I don't know either. Well, that's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was uh, weird. Um but I didn't mind the cast. It was waterproof. You see, things have upgraded. That's the technology. See, that's how we'll, we'll, we can end the show because we are a couple minutes late here. But I okay. like how we, we, we said we were going to try to compare old versus new. Back in, yes. Did you ever break your arm or anything when you were Oh, a yeah. Kid? Yeah. Okay, so I you, mean, we, we could talk about that. So where were your tricks? Like you had to put the garbage bag over your, your arm or something if you had to go take a shower or something like that? Um. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was a garbage bag. It may have been, you know, like some kind of plastic bag of some sort. But yes. And then uh, Grandpa my father would duct tape the bag to my arm so that it wouldn't get wet. See, there you go. My cast was fully waterproof. I could go in the shower. I went swimming with it. I went to a water I, park I in that cast. I, I, You did everything. You were up <laughs> on true. the roof of the shop where I got shit from that because you were not supposed to be anywhere near a ladder. You were supposed to two feet on the ground all times while in cast. And it okay. was like a week later, you're on the roof. Okay. You know, we can talk about this briefly for a second. Um, my, my mother... At like, I mean, I wasn't a kid at this point in my life. This was like, uh, I don't know, how old was I? Oh, 16? Maybe 15, 16. 15, like, yeah. I understand her reasoning, of, but I was like, but you weren't making me do anything. Really? You didn't say anything. I just climbed the ladder with you. But yeah, I did go up the ladder with the cast on. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, don't tell your mother. I remember telling you, don't tell your mother because she will give me all kinds of shit. Yeah. Well, I remember the... <laughs> I think we got caught because she came or something. Like she came to the shop or something. I remember that situation. Like yeah, it, something. She kind of caught us in action, and I was like, "Ah, oh, crap." But um, well. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she didn't like any of that. 
But she didn't mm. like any of it even before I broke my arm. She didn't like the ATVs and the quads and go well, you know and what? stuff. I didn't have those things growing up. I, I had to build a go-kart that ended up taking out this poor woman's flower garden literally minutes to an hour after she planted it. Uh, we lived on the top of this big hill. And, you know, when you're a kid, you're 12, 13, 14 years old. I mean, you're not really thinking about safety and necessarily how well things are put together. And literally, I jumped a curb and went right into this woman's flower garden and my face was bleeding and my arms were bleeding. And her the only thing this woman was so worried about me, she didn't give a crap about her flower garden. And believe it or not, I knew my phone number, 455-4246. Why I still remember that, I don't know. Well, back then you had to remember your number. It's not like you... Not like you uh had cell phones and address books and everything True. else. Like, I, I mean, I know so, I'm not going to say it on the show, but I, I, I do know your cell phone number. Okay, in my head, I know my mother's cell phone number in in my head. Um, I think I know my cell phone. I think number. I know her home number too, and I might be able to remember the old home number. Own your can't talk. I guess I am illiterate. Um, illiterate. I I think I can remember the old phone number for the old house too. The landline we had. Oh, but I'm not positive about that one. I I have no way to confirm it. Um, but uh, but I don't really remember my own phone number that much. But I do I know do know yours. So in emergency, I could call you. Well, that's good. Um, and with that being said, um, the garage. I was over at a friend's house, and I must have been maybe 13, 14 years old, and they we built this fort in the rafters of their garage. Okay, yeah, I know the story. Okay, so I believe it was a two-car garage, I want to say, and three out of the four walls in the loft of this garage, which was made into a fort, had a solid wall. Well, stupid me, I go to lean back of the only wall that was just a curtain, and I ended up going backwards off the the platform of the rafter onto, if it hadn't been a car there, I probably would have not broken my arm, but I ended up on the concrete floor. And, of course, I must have put my arm out and whammo, broke my arm. Yeah, well, you know what? It's a hard, naturally, you want to, like, stick your arms out there and try to brace your fall. Normally, that ends up with you probably it hurting so yourself. I don't even remember. It just happened. Yeah, it like, just naturally. I went to lean back instinct. and boom, next thing I know, I'm on the ground. Yeah. And the funny thing about it is my so-called friends, they bring me home. They're like, we found them like this. I'm like, no, I was up in the gr- No, we found them like this. I'm like, no, no. And you could clearly see, I mean, my arm was all screwed up. Some friends you had. <laughs> I know, right? Well, they were afraid of getting in trouble. You know, I get it. We were all young, stupid kids. But I'll tell you what, I had a paper route at that time, and I still did. got up every morning and delivered my papers. Oh, good for with, you. With a cast. I was a trooper. That's good work ethic, which I hopefully passed on to you, like father, like son. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I don't <laughs> know. Work ethic's a different thing nowadays. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not, I mean, my job is sitting in front of a computer. It's not particularly hard or I don't, honestly, I don't think any work ethic comes in when I got to sit in front of a computer and do my job. Like it's not the same as it used to be. Come on. You're not, you're not divulging all the information. You are, you're the guy who sticks with a customer and even follows up after you've worked with a customer. It could have been an easy job or, or, you know, maybe a more difficult job that took 
more than, you know, several days or a week to resolve, but you're following up. You're not just like, okay, done on to the next and just not even follow, you know, you're following up. Hey, is everything still working right? You know, did I resolve your issues? That's work ethic. Yeah, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. I'm, I'm sure that a lot of your sa- other coworkers don't even give it's a shit. It's the salesperson mentality that's in my head too. Cause really I'm, you know, I have, you know, I can, I'm a salesperson too at heart. You know, I'm, I've proven to be good at that. So it's really that aspect. Look, it's, you know, it's all for personal gain. I'm not sure. I'm not going to pretend here. I'm some holy saint. It's all for personal gain. Cause if my job description changes tomorrow, which it could and be like, well, you're going to support now and you're going to try to upsell people. I'm going to go back to those same customers that I try to resolve. And I'm gonna be like, Hey, by the way, you want this upgrade, you know, that I'm going to make commission on. <laughs> Like I am, I'm just being honest. It's not because it's it's not for me being the nice person. It's really just because in the back of my head, you know, it's that salesperson mentality in my head. That's how can okay, this benefit ladies me? and gentlemen. I am not a salesperson. I don't know where this is coming from. I'm strictly service. Always been service, and always will be service. My company tried to put me in sales, and I just couldn't. I just couldn't do the bullshit. Yeah, well, I'm I'm service and well, no, I don't even know if I'm service and sales. I'm like. I mean, I can do service, but I'm more of even the development of the thing we're servicing. <laughs> that's how oh, I yeah. think. I think that's more. I'm like the. I'm like an. I'm really just a tech. I'm a technician. You know, I'll develop some of the software and the platforms that's actually going to be service when it comes to software anyway, um, or infrastructure, or you know, infrastructure in the whatever you want to call it in the technology space. And then, but also that salesperson. I mean, I've been called. I mean, I, I haven't really been utilized that well. To be honest, I haven't utilized myself real well because it's a weird talent to have to be able to both service and develop the technologies and sell it. But I've been told that uh, uh, that it could be a very good quality. I could be the master if I really was in the right situation because I can set I could set up service well, and that's sell the what product. They were trying. To well, that's exactly my point. That's what they were hoping I could do. I'm, you know. I've been serviced for 30 years. Yes, I've sold. I, I, when I got laid off from Toshiba, um, I had a mortgage to pay. So, you know, I went in, the only job I could get was selling cars. And I really never sold anything other than, you know, myself in a sense that I'm going to fix Prostitute whatever on the your street. issue is, Mr. Customer. Yeah, there you go. But my point is that I went through a training program and... Once I kind of got my feet wet and I, I kind of got the whole gist of how the whole cars selling thing works and, you know, the right way to approach and, you know, how to qualify somebody and just even doing a simple walk around with a client, a potential client on a car. And I got very good at it in a very short period of time to the point where my colleagues were, and this is where car salespeople get a bad rap. There's a lot of people out there that are honest and are only looking for what's best for the client and their potential customer. And then there's there's just low life thieves where when you have a day off during the week and, you know, they're having a bad month, they're going to go in and steal your clients from the database and call them up and tell them that they you know, they make up some bullshit story. Oh, well, the client came in and they really wanted the car today and you weren't here, so we had a blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, I followed up with the customer. That's not what happened at all. You guys are just a bunch of freaking thieves. And it really turned me off 
to, you know, wanting to sell cars. So I had an opportunity to go back into what I did, which was in the office automation business. And that's why I, I was good at it. I'm an operations person. I'm a service manager person. Um, you know, I, I'm a parts person. I've done so many different uh, facets of the office automation, just not so much in the sales side, yeah. which is okay. I'm good with that. Well, you know, however, you know, I, I was doing such a great job selling cars. I wish I had just worked for a dealer that appreciated it and didn't try to undercut their their sales staff. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know where I developed my sales skills from. You were good at selling cars. So I don't know if I get it from you, but you have you have had a little bit of a hard time honing in your sales skills for other things. I think you need more training well, recently, and yes. more and more experience. And it might be I don't want to say you're, you're too old, but it's it probably is harder for someone of your uh, advanced age to uh, to to pick up those those traits than than when I got good at sales. I was pretty young still. I agree with that. I don't I'm mean a it in an, I don't mean it in an I don't mean it in a No, 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 no. I got way. that. Yeah. I, I you're right. I mean, I see the young salespeople that work for us and it's a different mindset. I I am a problem solver and I do whatever it takes to fix whatever the problem is that I'm facing. But it's generally it's a usability or it's a uh, maybe something you can't even see. It could be binary. But the fact of the matter is, you know, I will jump 150% on that because I feel like I have the confidence that I can find that answer. And if I don't find the answer, there isn't an answer, which means then I have to still take it a little bit further and create a resolution. But being in sales, and I listen to these guys, I listen to them, and, and the crap that comes out of their mouth, it's like, I don't think like that. I don't think... I'm not going to say, hi, my name is Tom Smith. Um, I'm the major blah, blah, blah for all the temples in your area. And, you know, I'm going to be in your area next week. I was wondering if I could come in. And then they just start rattling off people's names that they got from a phone book. Now, chances are the client that they're trying to land is not going to do the diligence and look up these other facilities and say, Hey, did you get a call? Does, does so-and-so do work for you? I don't believe they're going to do that. So, I mean, there's a level of confidence where you can go in and just blatantly make crap up and people buy it where I'm on the other side of it. I'm like, I'm not buying that shit for nothing. It doesn't make sense to me because it's not logical and that's the way my brain works. So I'm not built for bullshit in sales in that respect. However, yeah, I'm pretty good at that. I, I know. <laughs> However, I'm very good at, I can sell you something, but I'm going to do it my way. You know, here's the thing. Here's what it comes down to. Here's, the, here's why you won't be a good salesperson. I'm just going to point this out. You you would sell something you honestly fully believe in. Of course. You would. But you can't sell something you don't fully believe in. Absolutely. I can. I know. And it's and, a jerk and, thing to do. I don't particularly feel good about it, but I do have the skills to sell whether it's, you know, whatever it is, you know, if it's myself or like, you don't understand when I worked for, I'll say, I don't mind telling them. I used to work for a company that was contract with CenturyLink. So they're a big ISP. Um, I okay. can say this under my yeah, disclosures I, mean, I signed. Right. Um, so um, I, what I did is I did service and sales. It was They did utilize me fairly well, but the pay was pretty crappy. But I made commission on the sales I made. So I didn't care about the service. It was all pretty basic stuff. It was really basic for me. But the, the sales side, uh, I was the number one salesperson the entire time I was there. 
uh, except for the first month. I, I think it took me a little while to make my first sale, but once I figured out the best way to, because I was the first time I did phone sales too. So the first, once I figured out my method, you know, of trial and error a little bit, I did mm-hmm. it, you know, and I was really good at it. Really good at it to the point where they didn't want to. Uh, I got into a different position that was out of that program, and they and there were people that did not want me to go because I was so good at what I was doing in that program. Um, right. In hindsight, I kind of wish I didn't leave because I made more money, but probably less money ultimately without the commission. Um, but I was really good at that. I didn't believe in any of the products I sold. If someone didn't want to spend money, I would just try to get on the website security that was like $3 a month. You know how easy it is to get someone, can I add $3 a month to your bill and you'll get this extra protected website security that does nothing, honestly. But <laughs> like, I didn't believe any of the stuff I was selling. Like I was like, and someone would say, well, I want to do this. I'd be like, perfect. I'm glad that you want to do this because we have a great, you know, you know, product <laughs> that can do that. And I just sold the, the crap out of this stuff. I did it really good, very genuinely, though I honestly it was all crap. I mean, I didn't. I mean, I cared about the customers when I could help them. Like, there were situations where, like, I want to do this, and I was like, you know what? We actually have a perfect solution for you, and those feel good. It's not like it's selling; it's it's filling a customer's need. You know, it's right. not just selling them a, a product they don't need. But when I could sell them a product they didn't need, I like the website security or something like that. There was almost like I would I was starting to get to tr- the training position where I was starting to train others. They were shadowing me because I was good at what I did, and I would say to them. Uh, I don't care what call you're on. I don't care if they, you know, if they say they don't have the money. I don't care about anything. If you get on a call and you can't sell the website security for three dollars and thirty three cents a month, then you have a problem. Because just almost harass them in a nice, not harassing way, but almost harass them until they say, "Yeah, just add that to my bill." Like, there's no excuse for three dollars and thirty three cents. You're not selling them. Like, tell them why they need the product because you know it's it's a dangerous world out there now. You hear about like the you know, the, the Chinese hacking and, and you know, and, and overseas and, and, you know, and then you would hear a story. Like I had this one woman say that they, um, uh, they got hacked by an overseas organization of some sort and they were, they dealt with credit card information, things like that. So they, all that was compromised and they got shut down by the government for 10 years. They couldn't run another business for 10 years. And this was really? a, a caller that called into me and they were at that 10 year mark and they're like, we're finally starting to get back into business. And I would take that story and tell it to every customer. Yeah. I have another customer that, you know, you know, they, they had sensitive information that got hacked and, you know, the government shut them down for 10 years because they lost valuable information because they didn't have the proper security. So this is why you need the $3.33 a month website security package that we offer. That honestly would I, I not help it. you in any of these type of situations. Right. But, I get it, though. But, but, you know, there's no reason. Make it up. You know, I actually had that real story that I... But then I did exaggerate to it over time to, to make it sound a little more dramatic. But I'm just... Like, there is no excuse for not to sell the $3.33 thing a month, which, by the way, gave you, you know, maybe a dollar of commission or, you know, whatever. But you get a, you get one of those every call you're on, you know, three, four calls a day. That's an extra $100 in your pocket at the end of that month. Just that. But then I was really good at selling the higher end stuff, too. Like, that, I was good at getting, like, I remember the one day I sold, like, $3,000 worth of add-ons and extra stuff and... You know, I had a couple paychecks that were like double my paycheck just because it was a commission. See, and I mean, and I'm totally the opposite. I'm not going to endorse something I don't believe in. So I would have a very difficult time selling somebody something that they don't need. I'm not going to endorse anything that they don't believe in, but I will sell you something that I don't believe in. And and like, I might not do that now. I did that then because it was kind of survival too. I, I was, if you look at my situation time, I just moved to Arizona and I had no money. I was broke. Right, I had I to sell like almost all my possessions that I brought with me just to pay the car payment that I was already behind on and everything else. So I was, my mentality was like, I got to do what I got to do to survive. 
But I now mean, we I don't all know. do now, what we have to do. To now, survive. as I'm a little more stable and I make a little more money, oh, well, actually, a lot more money than then. Um, you know, it's just a little bit different that uh, I don't worry so much about that stuff. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would go to that level again. Right. But uh, but I actually I, I haven't done this yet. I told you a couple of weeks ago that I um, there is a car a local car dealership. There are Ford. I think it's a Ford Lincoln something other dealer. I don't remember, but it's like a Ford dealer that I could work on weekends if I wanted to. Okay. Um, as like a contracted salesperson. So okay. I'll make commission if I sell a car and they give me like a base thing. I think like something like $50 a day or something like that for me going there because weekends are their busy period. So sure. Um, they look to sell two cars on a Saturday and you, you know, you're making well, I used to get two fifty a flat, so I mean, if it could be similar, so you could make four or five hundred bucks in a weekend. Yeah, I mean, I'm making if I were to work Saturday and Sunday, I'm at least making a hundred dollars just going there because it was a fifty dollar like thing for me just to show up essentially oh. and work, and then they would give me the commission. But the, yours was different because yours were flat fees, right? They, you didn't yours wasn't a, a regular traditional commission. Well, the way it worked was you got a you got a, a base pay, which was it was like three hundred dollars a week. It was like really pathetic. But if you sold any new vehicle um, and it wasn't like a split sale, like it was truly just you, it was a 250 flat. However, if you sold, when, like when the client goes in to sign the paperwork, they get upsold on, you know, um, insurances and extended warranties and, you know, gap insurance and things like that. You also get a a commission off of those items if they're sold at the time of, of the sale. Um, I, what I tried to do is because I, you know, I sat down one day and I'm like, I can make more money selling used cars than I can selling new cars. Well, that's true in that industry. Used cars yeah. are the money is that. So I started targeting the used car market. I said, you know what? I'm not really into selling Chevrolets when I got a customer who needs a, you know, a van. I had a Ford van that they wanted and it was a better fit than the Chevy version. And if I remember correctly, I sold the van for 5,000 more than what they were asking for it. Um, and I got like a $3,200 commission just off of one sale. Well, I was going to say, um, that's kind of the way I was told that they would work at the dealership here too. So if I sold a new car, it's like a, like you, there's a chart and you can go over the year to the model and they tell you how much you're getting for that model or year or whatever. And you did get some, ad, you did get some added commission if for gap insurance and things like that. But those were pretty minuscule at the end of the day. But they said the used car is different. It's all about, it's like a percentage of the final sale price of the car. Um, so that worked a little differently. Right. Um, so, uh, but yeah, used cars is, is where it's at. There's not a lot of money. The dealerships aren't even making much money on new cars. They got to no, buy that no. car from the um, manufacturer, and there's maybe a couple thousand dollars in there uh, of money to be made. And by the time you have taxes and fees, and you know, paying the you know uh, salespeople and put their commission involved, they're ma- not making much money off those. They they, they make most of their money off the used cars because they'll buy a used car. You know, trade. They'll take trade-ins, and you know they'll pay half the what the car is worth. They'll sell it for maybe sometimes twenty, thirty percent more than it's worth. Oh, market value, whatever you know. that may be. Yeah, and then they'll and if it's based on zip code, believe it or not. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, trust me, I know finding car cars here are actually I think more expensive than like in Jersey because there's not en- enough older cars here, and there's not enough uh, like 
But if I wanted to get like a crappy car, I know in Jersey I can go on Craigslist and look all day and I could find plenty of running cars, good running cars, even for like 500 to a thousand dollars. They might yeah. not be nice looking, but they run, you know, and they, they will be reliable here. It's like, because I've been looking for beater cars for a while just to do you know, whatever with. I was looking for like the Jeep to go off-roading with and stuff like that. I overpaid for that thing as far as market value is concerned, but that's just the market here. There's right. just not a lot. I don't, I don't like that here. Everything's a little more, everything's cheaper except for the car market. That's the only thing that's a little strange here. I know there's a lot of new cars here too. It's not, you don't have a lot of older cars here. Well, yeah, I, I, well, I guess they, you know, with the heat and everything, they probably don't last, you know. Well, the, the, the thing is, this city's relatively new, too. Tucson, though it's been around forever, there you can see old cowboy movies with Tucson in it. But as far as being modernized, it's only been, like, really modernized and grew in the last 30 years. So yeah. a lot of, a lot of the, everything here is, like, 30 years old for the most part. The old, as they call it, old Tucson, that was the old Tucson now it's like a little theme park type thing here where they actually took a lot of the old buildings, like the cowboy type style stuff, and you can go visit it. Oh, okay. It's called that's, Old Tucson. That's cool. Um, actually, if you come here, we're going to go to that. We're going to go a couple things. We're going to go to Old Tucson, which is you would love. I know you would because you get a kick out of it. We go to Colossal Cave, which is really cool, which is like you can go in and, and kind of it's like a tour into like a cave, like a real like in the mountain cave. That's that's it's pretty cool. I've been there too before. Oh, wow. Can't wait. And then there's another place, too. It's actually like, I forget what it's called, but it's like a cowboy town that just never got out of that era. And okay. now it's kind of like, a th- it's kind of like they, you can go and they do little events there and they, they kind of, they profit on the fact that they're a town out of the West that just never grew up. But, but yeah. Yeah. Um, well, no, I look forward to that. That's definitely something that I would you know, enjoy checking out. Yep. But anyway, we are over like 30 minutes. I should have stopped <laughs> you a long time ago because you just keep going. But I know, I'll let I you go am. since this is our first episode. All right. Well, I hope everybody out there who will listen to this uh, on uh, a record. Obviously, we're wrapping this up, so it's not going to be live. Um, we do look for feedback. So, uh, Trev, let them let the folks know how to reach us. Uh, freeflowradio.com. There, there'll still be some way to find us or contact us on that. Okay. And, uh, you know, we are, this being our first show, we will, uh, hopefully most of you that were, or will listen to this, haven't fallen asleep or will fall asleep in the future, at least not because of us. Um, you know, we, uh, definitely want to hear your feedback. We enjoyed doing this. Uh, it was our first, uh, live show and, uh, I don't know. I think it went pretty well. Yeah, not too bad. We got we got to work on our timing and everything else, but uh, but yeah, we'll make it work. All right. So next, folks, next Wednesday, seven o'clock. Uh, that's our schedule seven for the show. Eastern time. Figure it Correct. out in your own time zone, people. And then what other shows do you have going on right now, Trev? Uh, well, I do a show called Just Trevor. It's technically not live. Well, it's it's, it's I don't do it live yet, but it's uh, you can search on like the iTunes podcast store uh, or on freeflowradio.com, just Trevor. Uh, besides, I got some other shows coming, but we'll talk about that in the future. Perfect. All righty. Okay. Um, Till next time. Sounds good. See you guys later. All right.